Welcome to the Habits of the Few, where we discuss habits, rituals, and mindset tactics that you can use to reach your version of success. And now, here's your host, Mona Bolsi. Thank you guys again so much for tuning in to another episode of Habits of the Few. Today's guest is another fantastic human being. She is an actress, a producer, an author, an entrepreneur. You may know her from movies like True Detective, The Other Woman, The Purge. Um, but don't let that fool you. This woman is incredibly, incredibly insightful. She's got amazing tips for you to succeed at life. If you're in the entertainment business, she's got some go- gold nuggets that she can drop on for you. So uh, enjoy the episode, and I'll see you guys on the other side. Um, where I grew up, I was not allowed to play outside. So I was kind of left to my own imagination in watching Annie a thousand times <laughs> to um, kind of construct my friend group. And then I just, I don't know, I, when I started writing in kindergarten, I said I want to be in the TV when I grow up. I just, there was an element of, of human behavior that I was just fascinated with. We had mirrors and when I was little and the fact that there was like a hundred of me moving at the same time was part of like my playtime activity. I just really have, I think, an intuitive sense for um, dissecting and understanding human beings and how we work and and getting to step into somebody else's shoes has always been really exciting and, and thrilling and interesting for me. But I had no tools. My parents are not in the industry. Um, I, even when I moved to LA, I had no tools. My my education was not in, it started in the theater background, but then I just wanted to switch just to get out to LA as fast as possible. So I switched to communications. So when I moved here, I was like, oh my God, I got off a plane expecting like, I don't know, the characters of Disneyland to greet me. And it just, you know, the whimsical element of what acting was all of a sudden came to a screeching halt. So like, how do I actually do this? So I think that's where the idea of my podcast kind of came into fruition. I was already doing interviews for a long time, just asking people about their auditions. It was going to be 101 Most Unforgettable Auditions because people never really talk about that element. And being a brand new person to this industry when I first moved here, uh, everything was so daunting. And I had to learn on-the-job training, meaning I had on-the-job on the job failing as well. Mm-hmm. So once I turned the the interviews into this podcast long form conversation, I could really dissect with people how they do this creative job because there is no right way is what I've come to realize. I've interviewed over probably 400 people now and none of it's ever the same. So I wanted to kind of put out this, what I call now a mentorship program, which is kind of like a how I built this for actors or any creative, because now I do other sides of the camera, any element of storytelling, how they got into it, why and what keeps them in it, because I failed so much at the beginning. So that's what it's kind of turned into for me. So there was never like, oh, I'm a lot of people I interview, they're 17 and they're walking in the mall and they got discovered and then all of a sudden got, you know, had an agent doing all this stuff for me. them. I didn't have that. I had a different trajectory where I think it took me probably a decade to admit to my friends that this is what I wanted to do. And then Tarbelli took me another decade to get out here to actually do it, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. I think storytelling is one of the most profound elements to selling, let alone 
conveying and acting and 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 portraying to be somebody or or uh, or a character or something like that. Um, just just storytelling in itself is is such a monumental skill set to master. Um, that's that's so great that that's uh, that that seems to be like your focal point. So this this uh, this mastery course is it a course? Do you do you do you have like an online educational platform where, where potential act? Because I would highly suggest you do something like that. I mean, that would be phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, it's super super easy now with all the technology too. Yeah, I think it's more an element of a matter of time for me. I look at every interview as a mentorship program. I don't think they're in the right way. So as far as me teaching a, a course or providing some online course for somebody to buy, I would feel like a fraud. I understand the like um, monetary value in doing that for myself. But I, what I like about the podcast and about interviewing somebody different in, in the avenue of storytelling is there is no right way. So it would make me feel, not to say that I won't ever do it in the future, but I'm still learning myself. So I just like highlighting stories or showing people that are part of the storytelling business and how they, how they did it. So there's different ideas that I have as far as like online class. I'm actually going to do a class about... How do, you, how do you start a podcast? Because now I'm starting a scripted podcast. That to me feels like something that I can monetarily put out there for people to digest and pay money for. But as far as selling this idea of, hey, this is my program and this is how you can become an actor, it's just my maybe made up way of how I've made it to this point, but I don't feel like I've made it. So I don't feel like I'm at that point in my career where I can put out that kind of career uh, course for people to digest. I think that's the element of the podcast that I like is that people can listen to Eve's story or Michelle Monaghan's story or Pendentium, who's an Oscar-nominated writer, and figure out, oh, that's the way they got into their elements of storytelling. And it just more or less being an inspiration to keep other people in the business of storytelling because that's how I think we learn a lot about ourselves as human beings and how we are able to make other people feel understood and seen and that's kind of my goal of that is to keep people the way I was raised was not necessarily a conducive environment for me to be a creative person so I want this the podcast or however I raise my child to give an element of like whatever you want to do you can do with certain steps and here's how people have done it and failed and here's how people have done it and succeeded I like that so you're trying to create an environment not necessarily specific to a platform or one platform, but to create the environment that is all encompassing that you wanted to have or you wished you had when you were a child that has helped blossom and develop you to what you are today. Do you see yourself as like, where, or let me ask, where do you see yourself as far as an evolution? Do you, do you see yourself becoming a writer? I'm not sure if you are a writer now. Uh, is that like the next step? What, like, where do you see yourself like in the next five years? I would like to be, yes, I, I see myself as a storyteller. So acting falls into that, being the podcast that I have falls into that. Mm. Um, the material that I'm, I'm writing at this moment falls into that. In five years, I would love to be, you know, Reese Witherspoon, where I'm sitting and, and being able to produce content that gets me excited, that allows me to work with people that get me excited, and that keeps books and stories alive. Like, Reese has done a beautiful job of it. Like, 
her acting career was her way into it, but now she's this powerhouse of a woman supporting other women's stories, um, giving light and money and attention to stories that need to be made. She has a book club, you know, like it's a constant evolution of her seeking out stories that excite her. So that's where I would like to be in five years. I would love to be a series regular on something and then producing content in another way and having the like the podcast still going. I think the podcast will become more um, interesting to people if I continue to succeed in the storytelling business. And that's where I would like to be. So that the, I guess, what would you say? How would I put it? That the, the class or the the relevancy of the podcast still stands because I am still in this business learning new elements of it and regurgitating it that way. And the other day I had this moment, I was like, oh, what happens if, if some of my dreams come true and I become a series regular, I get nominated for Oscar, am I gonna stop doing the podcast? I'm like, no, then I'm gonna start asking questions of myself at that level. I ask right. questions every week of the people I'm interviewing how do they do it? How are they juggling this? Because this is the level that I'm at in my career. Or I ask the questions that I wanted to know 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Five years, I'm going to be asking the questions that I want to know at that point in my career. And hopefully then that is, that's why it's so relatable to, to career-oriented minded people that are in the storytelling business to be able to digest it, feel inspired, and keep going. Yeah, and as you level up, you're, you're basically, you're exposing yourself to to a higher level of people, right? Not to say that the level of people that you're talking to today are at a low level. It's just that as you evolve, questions become evolved and the the people you associate yourself with. So you may have new questions. You may have a different outlook or perspective on things. What, um, you know, this podcast is specifically about habits of the few. The the small percentage of, of, of people that that go after the things that they believe in, their dreams, you know, that are disciplined enough to 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 achieve it um, on a day-to-day basis. What are the few things that you do on a regular basis that is part of your routine that you cannot break? Do you have a routine? Is there something specifically you do that, that helps you keep on learning? What is your continued education? What is it that keeps you motivated and disciplined? Um, if you would mind sharing those things, uh, I'd love to, love to hear about them. Well, I think just the way that I'm built. I think I'm built out of of being told I can't do something. So that is always a drive. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm there. That's just in the chemical makeup of me. So right. I think anytime I achieve a new level in my career, even in my personal life, I want to go to the next level. I'm never necessarily content with where I am. So I feel like that's a driving force constantly. What gets mm. me excited? Also, um, my friend and I were just talking about being open and being in the flow. In order for me to be a good actor, a good storyteller, I have to be very present and I have to be in the flow so I don't miss out on things that excite me or or that or that I can deliver as a writer or as an actor or as an interviewer on those levels. So things that help me stay very present on a daily basis. I usually try to wake up an hour before my kiddo does. I have a kid mm-hmm. now, so those rituals have kind of been adjusted according to her demands at this time. But I write every morning. I just do a stream of consciousness for three, three pages just to get myself always writing one and kind of trying to keep myself as an order, open portal to 
what I'm dealing with in my psyche so I can be present and not battling with the past and battling with the future. So, so those three pages, what do they consist of? Just a stream of consciousness. Okay. Can, anything. Some days there, I literally am like, I don't know why I'm writing. It's beautiful outside. This is happening. But usually by the third page, there's some digestible information that all of a sudden sets me in a trajectory of my day that makes the day very clear. Okay. For me. So if I kind of have a dream that I need to dissect, I'll dive into that. If I'm, even if I just have a to-do list that I don't know how many get through, I do that. And then I meditate usually for five to 10 minutes. And, um, and then I kind of go on my day and I try to every Sunday look at my week's worth of work and try to set an intention to keep myself in a headspace that keeps me present with that work and not jumping to the future. Because I think as a storyteller, no matter which way you're doing it, if you're trying to jump and or have it have a certain outcome or result, even in auditioning, that's usually when you fail. But if you're staying in, if you're in the journey, if you're trying to be immersed in the character, if you're trying to understand um, what that character's thinking at that moment or just connecting with another person, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then I can usually put my head on a pillow at the end of the night and feel like, oh, it was something enjoyable. I also do a, a gratitude practice every nice. day. Nice. I do 10, 10 things that I'm grateful for in the morning and when I hit the pillow at night, my husband and I, if we're going to bed at the same time, try to like regurgitate something that we're grateful for just to keep me in a balance of a positive flow and also just to re just remembering things. I think life is set up so much, we're so impulsive from social media to what we need to digest on a daily basis and who's doing what now or this and that, that um, creativity can, I think, be really stifled by that. So I'm just trying to be more simple. That long and winded answer to your question. No, 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 no. I appreciate it. I, I like description and I like definitive answers at the same time. So, so at night, your nightly routine is, particularly with your husband, where you try to find some form of gratitude for that day so that you can rest easy knowing that <clears throat> the negative thoughts aren't overcoming. They're not overpowering all of the positive. Because I think we as human beings, I think negativity tends to usually win over positivity, or at least it lingers a lot longer and it tends to kind of overpower it in a way. Like it's almost devastating. Well, yeah, and there's actually a scientific reason why that exists. I learned this from uh, interviewing Pendensham. I did like a two-part thing, like why our brains are wired to attach to fear and negative, negativity uh -huh. and positivity. And there's scientific reasons for it. I mean, it was part of our evolution to survive. Like you digest something negative and you attach to it in order to like not die. You know, you know like- Interesting. So it's interesting where evolution has taken us now that some of those fear like that inner critic that's trying to keep you from falling off the cliff or doing something that somebody else didn't died. You don't have to have those fears anymore. It's like a protection thing. And I think as a creative person, if you're creating something new, if you just expect there to be fear, just like there is gravity in the world, you'll know, oh, I'm getting ready to create something new. Here comes the fear. There it is. Thank you so much for trying to keep me safe. Moving on. Let's keep moving. Like Instead of attaching yourself to that negativity. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, what do you? I guess my question to you would be, and this is just your own opinion. How do you overcome fear as being 
majority like kind of going on to this because they say fear is 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 one of the most powerful motivators in life i fear like i fear i don't know losing my house so i have to work hard every single day so that i can pay my mortgage i i fear you know my children getting sick so i make sure that they get the best care that they possibly can so it propels you to do something positive, but I've also been reading a lot, I've been listening to uh, Ed Milet a lot lately, talking about how fear is actually not the best motivator. Um, which, I mean, I agree, it is just so hard to overcome. Mm-hmm. So, wh- I mean, what, wh- why do you think that is and what do you think would be the better alternative? I don't mind fear being a motivator. I really don't. I mean, I. I talk to me maybe in 20, 30 years, but I, now the way my life has been built, it actually has been built. It has been motivated by fear, but I love, have you seen um, the Defiant Ones, the Netflix special about Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine? I haven't. It's been on my list for a while. Oh, it's so good. Um, Jimmy Iovine has this amazing quote that his dad told him. It was like, just make fear. Fear is not a bad thing. Just make it your tailwind, not your headwind. I'm going to make a note of it to watch it tonight with my wife. Yeah, I think he says this in like episode five or six and I stopped it and I was like, Holy Oh, it's shit. a series. I oh, thought yeah. it was one. Oh. Yeah. oh. Brilliant docu-series. So, and like, I'm really into hip hop. So I, I invested in it because of like the evolution. Me of too. But then the business aspect of it and what they were, what they were, what Jimmy Iovine was doing by taking on certain artists and why he was doing it really will blow your mind. But I don't, I think, I think fear gets this like bad rap or bad negative connotation. That's kind of why like diving into the scientific reason what I was saying, like Penn Densham talked about in his interview on my show. And I don't, I don't think it's a bad motivator anymore. Like if you're scared of something and it drives you to do something to still to still go above and beyond and conquer it I don't think that's a bad thing I think it's how you handle the fear that we can put judgment on if fear stops you from doing something then that's the problem if fear motivates you into a place of being productive or taking risks or living in in a certain place uncertainty therefore growth and expansion comes and that's not a bad thing i don't think there needs to be judgments around it no because you're right because there's fear that is polarizing right where you you may just be frozen still and every single day it just compounds and it compounds and it gets worse and it gets like procrastination and then all of a sudden you're at a really 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 bad place so fear didn't propel you it actually froze you and yeah in that stance fear is probably a devastating motivator probably not the best for you so how how would you how would you utilize fear as a means to to propel you forward to be motivated to to do the next thing what what would be i guess a, a practical way of doing that i'm just throwing out at questions here i'm just um, I always look at, I I try to evaluate the fear, like the, the project that I'm working on right now scares the shit out of me. It's really big. I don't know. I'm learning how to do the job as I'm doing the job, but it's about information that gets me so excited. 
the fear of it failing and the fear of me not doing a good job is far less than the fear of me not doing it at all. So I try to evaluate where's the fear, is it, what is it protecting me from, and what is the outcome? And a lot of fear is usually a projection of the future. It's not of your present feelings. Fear is usually on sitting on the precipice or, or of thinking of like, if this goes wrong or if this, it's usually a result of outcome of some sort. Like, look, there's fear that is there present to protect you from not dying. But then you are looking at these, if we're, if we're evaluating like creative fears, if yeah. that's the question is more or less, if I'm not going to die from something, yeah. what about it scares me? Like fear of moving, fear of change, fear of this. Fear. So I try to like balance out what really is my fear? What am I really scared of? Am I scared of success or am I scared of actually just failing or not even trying? Like, I just feel like I always try to look at, um, it's like that thing, jump and let the net appear. Like it's, I, I kind of draw, I'm a person that drives into the fear. I've just been op I think I've operated that way out of survival mode mm -hmm. and I've survived every time. So I keep going back to that theory of fear and not letting it control me but yet um, steer me in the direction of where I need to go that is going to change me and that's going to evolve me so this project I must do it even if I fail in doing it at least I know I tried there's something to be learned from it I will grow and evolve it will present another path there will be something to constantly learn even with acting that's why I tried to go from the fear oh it just seems to <laughs> I'm standing by the window. We're still going. Um, instead of letting like the fear of an audition scare me or the fear of a character scare me, I kind of like to walk, go, do it, jump off the cliff, see what happens, and then learn from it. Like, what did I learn from that? What did mm -hmm. I discover about the character? What did I learn about myself as an actor? So the the element of fear doesn't scare me as much anymore. Now I'm. I try to like. Just, trick my brain anxiety and, and excitement live in the same place as the body feels exactly the same we just attach a feeling emotion to it of it being good or bad i like to say i like to just say okay i'm feeling anxious right now oh actually i'm feeling excited i'm excited about this opportunity instead of feeding into the negative fearful restricting side this is a good strategy because i get anxiety a lot <laughs> So that's good. Yeah. And, and, a, and a lot of it isn't negative. I think, I think you're right. I think it is excitement. It's nervousness. Like, whoa, this is something new. Like this is uncharted territory. Right. Yeah. Um, how, how is it balancing? Cause you're, you're, a, you're a recently new mom. So how is it for you with your routines, with your mantras, with your work schedule, with you being a wife and mother, how is the balance of all that? How do you, how do you overcome that? How do you make it fit to your life and, and, and in fact, uh, propel you forward? I am constantly battling with that and I'm constantly in the flow of imbalance. So I, with a lot of grace and compassion, just a lot of this morning I didn't get to do my writing pages because mm -hmm. my daughter was up early screaming that she her ear hurts so you know what instead of beating myself up for it today I was like okay I'll try and get to the writing pages tonight or um, 
Before I went into the library, I took five minutes to just breathe, connect for a second. What am I doing? Why am I here? Mm -hmm. And instead of being so restrictive, I, I think you have to be in the flow of things too. I have started to become very practiced in being in the flow. My daughter's almost three. She turns three in a week. Oh, and happy early birthday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think with becoming a parent, I won't just say a mom, just becoming a parent, it takes you time to adjust to that new job. A lot of people think as soon as you become a parent that you should just be excellent at being a mom and dad and juggling life. I think it takes you a solid couple of years to learn how to adjust to this is a new human, this is how we work now. And um, I just have to get up earlier. But the thing is, is once I started getting up earlier, my daughter's now gotten up earlier. Like there's, there's just a constant. I'm, do, I'm just being full disclosure, open about this. I'm, I'm not nailing this every day. But who what does, I, who does? I, who nobody does, and anybody. No. And I think Instagram does this thing where it gives you this highlight reel of your life, and it's not real. I'm trying to be like on Instagram a little bit more, like honest and open about whatever struggles, whether I failed at an audition that day, or I didn't get the job that I really wanted, or, you know, like my hair is greasy because I haven't barely gotten to do anything for myself in, in three days other than my research or things that get me excited. So it's a give and take, it's a juggling act. And I, on days when it all comes together really well, I try to reward myself in some way of exciting, something that gets me excited. On days when it doesn't go really well, I try to just, there's another day. Mm -hmm. And the legacy of what I'm trying to do with my life or how I'm trying to invest in my life, I try to remind myself daily that what I say to my daughter or what I leave behind for my daughter for her to digest in television, film, writing, acting, whatever, it doesn't matter. How she sees me act every day is what she's going to remember and what is going to be part of her cellular memory is the emotional feeling of being around me and how I exist in her world. So I try to remember that I let her see me meditate. I tell her I'm going to write right now and I'll be right back. You know, I do my best on the days that I can when I'm feeling strong <laughs> to show her a life that looks somewhat in flow. I'm trying to take the word balance out and just be in flow because some days it's more balanced towards my being a mom and some days today it's more concentrated on work after I got her out the door you know like mm -hmm. it's a crapshoot man <laughs> I call it structured chaos <laughs> you have children three yeah three girls I have twins that are four now and I have a teenager I mean so you need to be the one dishing out the advice not me oh yeah. god I don't I don't even know what I'm doing half the time <laughs> to be honest with you. I, but that reward system is really important I used to um, so I do a lot of powerlifting and MMA and I used to do some form of like body treatment once a week so whether it be gua sha graston chiropractic deep tissue massage anything so some sort of relief once a week and then it got to once every two weeks and then once a month and now I haven't had one done in almost four months and you have to get back into that. What is your reward system so that you're always at balance? And for me, when I was doing it consistently, I was more at peace. I was more, um, I don't know, like I was just more all in all the time. 
because I had my relief even if it was for 90 minutes. That 90 minutes, I was sacred. Like I was like, oh yes, I would look forward to it. And so that's very, very huge. The other thing I want to end with this because I know I want to be respectful of your time. Um, being an actor, actress, being in the industry that you're in, you're really an entrepreneur. You, you don't clock in, you don't have a nine to five, you're not getting paid a salary or hourly. What, what are, what are some of the things that I guess you can, but pieces of advice that you can give people right now that are getting in this industry? What, what is an expectation to have? Let's say somebody's going, you know, they're a kid, they're graduating high school, they're getting into college. They are, um, they're, they're, they have a nine to five job right now. They want to get into this industry. Like I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to be an actor or actress. What? Well, I think here's the thing. It took me 15 years to realize that. And it's funny that you say entrepreneur because nobody looks at a creative job as being an entrepreneur. It took me even, even, even just this past year to put boundaries around my creativity, meaning, Hey, I have office hours that I have to give to myself. I didn't do that at the beginning of my career. I just was like, Oh my God, I don't know what to do. What do I do now? Like, I want to be an actor. I want to go to this audition. How do I get an audition? Instead of investing into my um, like character work and character development, reading plays or doing certain things, we aspire as actors to do the one percent. Or you see the one percent all the time, so you think that that must be what I need to do to get there. So I'm just gonna be in Starbucks and somebody's gonna discover me. Mm -hmm. Even if they do discover you, if you haven't put any work or any preparation into being ready for that audition, you're not going to deliver. So as in any creative person, I what I learned from interviewing all these people is setting a structure for yourself in order to thrive. So if you're a writer, writing for two hours, or even if you do 20 minutes a day, right now, what I've been writing for a while, for the last year, because I was also acting in my podcast as well, I was writing 20 minutes a day, three times a week on this project. Now I've kicked the high gear, but scheduling in your creative time. Um, the Leslie Becker, who is in her 24th edition of the organized actor, in this last edition, she put in what she called the power hour. 15 minutes. You say hi? Hi. She's got that as a big My Little Pony. Oh, that's my daughter. That's going to go on my daughter's birthday cake this weekend is My Little Pony. Can you say hi? Hi. <laughs> what's, what's, what is it? No, mommy says it's don't say it. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Did your sister buy it for you? Did Nani get it for you? Mommy? Okay. I'm going to finish this conversation you can stay here if you want but you have to be respectful okay hi i'm almost done i'll finish answering this question and then and then you can have daddy back go ahead go ahead okay i'll help you have her sing later okay okay can you give me two minutes please i'm, I'm on the phone okay Yella. i'll be in i'll be down in two seconds love you sorry about that that happens sometimes Yella, are you Oh, I'm Lebanese. That was Arabic. Yeah. My husband's Israeli and we say yalla all the time. Oh, you're kidding. We're neighbors. Yeah. We are neighbors. We're neighbors. It's a neighbor. What's that? <laughs> it's a distressful kind of neighbor, but yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, I've got a lot of Israeli friends. I'm, I'm not one of those guys. Technically, Thanks. I'm not even Arab. I'm actually Phoenician. The Lebanese people are like this weird, it's a long story. Anyways, continue with your answer. It's a whole other <laughs> podcast. I can't wait to hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So I think just treating yourself like an entrepreneur. So here's things I would say. Scheduling uh -huh. time for your creativity, whether that's like if you have an eight to five job where you have to pay your bills as an actor. So then that night, go to an acting class, read a play, read the trades, read the trades so that when you meet somebody that comes into your restaurant and they sit down and they're like such and such executive, like, you know, oh, they're the head of Sony. Like you need to start educating yourself on who are the people that you want to be working with, because it's not the one percent you're attaining to be. You want to be a working actor or you want to be a working writer. You want to be staffed. So practice your craft, get your 10,000 hours in however you need to, but schedule them. Um, there was another thing that I was gonna say that I think is really, oh, small, being a small business owner, like you are an entrepreneur. Anybody that starts a small business, they're in debt for a few years. And I'm not advocating that you go out and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on your small business. But if you're carrying a little bit of debt every year, that's okay because you have to invest in yourself in order to grow to the next level. It took me a long time to be okay with carrying it. But I was like, oh, my business is a little bit in the red this year or this year it's not. Well, you have to look at it like a small business. Small businesses take anywhere from five to 10 years to get off the ground. So you as an as a working creative storyteller, know that you might not be in the black for 10 to 15 years. So just accepting that this, this is, if this is what you're meant to do, if this is your calling, if this is what gets you most excited about being anything in the creative field, then invest your time to be successful in a way in which your results or your outcome is not going to make you feel worse about yourself. So really, you, you gotta look at being an actor wanting to become an actor or writer as starting a business like yeah. live below your means as much as possible you gotta yeah. eat you know eat, eat cheap live cheaply don't buy anything that isn't a necessity and really learn your craft and then start networking i i also want to touch on would you recommend while you are learning the skill set and mastering your craft should, should given you know, given the fact that we live in 2019 and social media is a wonderful way to, to get access to people, would you recommend, if I were wanting to become an actor, would you recommend me reaching out to people? Like, I don't know, on, on, on LinkedIn, Instagram, what have you? I think so. I think it's just a matter of what are you trying to do? Are you trying to connect with people to make content? Are you trying to connect to people to work with them? Like, I think you have to be very keen on how you're approaching people on these platforms because also you know like 10 years ago I interviewed this amazing person the other day and he sent, sent Sam Remy a letter a cover letter about why he wanted to work for him and it worked it was so funny that Sam wrote him back and he interned for him for that summer and now he's directed eight of his own films Whoa. but that was a very specific case before the land of social media before all this big boom I don't, I'm not deterring people from reaching out, but just have a clear idea of mind of what you're wanting to achieve. So I think learning to align with people, like get in a class where everybody else is a series regular, reoccurring all the time. Always put yourself in a position where you're the least educated in the room so you can thrive and grow beyond your level. And I think also, since you're treating this like a small business, you also need to look at every level and understand that most likely you're not going to jump from being a no one to being a series regular on the show or being nominated for an Oscar. So you have to look at your wins and gains as moving you to the next level. So get out here, get a couple co-stars, 
understand that the next level is reoccurring. The next level is guest star. This understanding what your levels are and how the business works. If you happen to jump and get beyond a couple of levels, great, wonderful, kudos to you. But I think it will help with your self-esteem if you understand the trajectory of the creative position in which you are setting out to make a career out of. Because it is, it's not as my coach always says, it's a 60 year career, not a six year career. So if you want to be a flash in the pan and, and you want to be famous, then great. Go do reality TV and get yourself a ticket straight to fame. If you're here to be a creative person who's investing in storytelling of any kind of creative type, then then learn your craft and take each nugget to, to keep you on your path and, and utilize your resources in a clever way and also just nurture friendships of people that inspire you to be around people that are doing great work and and nurture those relationships in a respectable i think authentic way mm-hmm. anybody that's like any time that people reach out to me on instagram or do certain things there's a lot of people that i won't i won't engage with because i don't understand what the motive is there's other people when the motive is very clear and they're very kind people and you can like the way you approached me i i i was like yeah of course this it feels great you want to approach people in a way in which um they want to help you so figuring out how to hone in on those networking skills i think is also a really big thing as a small business owner does that make sense yep yeah. Do you do you happen to vlog by any chance? Do you have a YouTube channel? I do not. Well, actually, I'm starting one with my sister. We do a, a series called Shit They Don't Tell You about being moms. and. <laughs> but people keep pushing me into the vlogging route. The reason why I haven't done that is because one of my avenues of storytelling is acting, and it's nice for me to be able to blend into the characters and camouflage but I understand the world that we live in and a lot of people want to digest the vlogging side. So I'm open to it. I'm not going to say never, but my podcasts, a lot of the guests that I get, it is because it's just audio. So I kind of go back and forth until I'm going to be really enticed to do that. I just, I'm off a lot of time in the day. No, I I totally get it. But you know, just, 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 you know, getting to talk to you for the past, whatever hour, um, 40 minutes. Um, I think, I, I think YouTube may surprise you. It may ignite a different side of creativity that maybe you didn't expect. There's, there's a lot of YouTubers that are just YouTubers that are just doing reality TV and vlogging. And it's just kind of annoying, but there's quite a bit that are real creators that, that take it very seriously. And, and they love film. They love videography. They love being able to to utilize a video camera and make wonderful things with it, whether it be humorous or, or dramatic or whatever. And, and I don't know, it might be a, might be a platform for you that need to be explored someday. Well, like, now that cool. I'm going to explore it even more. I always look for cues. Well, there you go. So <laughs> Awesome. Well, I, I really, really appreciate your time. Uh, 
especially reaching back out to me to be able to do this. This is very awesome and exciting. I hope maybe in the next year, two years or whatever, we could do a follow-up and just touch base and see where you're at and what kind of evolution that you've achieved. And, and yeah, um, that's pretty much it. I just want to ask where people can find you if you want people to find you and whether you want to promote your podcast, we, we get about two to 3000 downloads a day. And then we also run a bunch of paid advertising since that is my forte. So th this will be publicized. You might get, get some attention from an audience that you weren't accustomed to, or may have heard of you before. So here's your time to shine. So yeah, people can find me on all social media outlets at Alicia Oxy. So it's A-L-Y-S-H-I-A-O-C-H-S-E. You can thank my mother for that amazing song. Um, I, it's also my website, AliciaOxy.com. So you can also digest the podcast on my website as well as anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, awesome. all of them. Um, but it's also there. There's uh, a a blogging component to my podcast. So if you hear any, if people hear any resources that other people have used, I link out everything for them to be able to use. Wonderful. And then, um, my book is also on my website. I wrote a book about five years ago. So it's all oh. public on there as well. Yeah. So if anybody needs some self motivational practices to keep you evolving as a human being, that's the way I like to put it. Not self help, but self motivation. It's a little 57 page, I say little because it is 57 page self-motivational book, a practice that I use to get myself out of a depression. Honestly. What's it called? It's called Life Letters. Oh, nice. I like that. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, head over to that one audition if anybody's interested in any storytelling Hollywood influencer type that shares their journey told through various failures and survival skills that have just kept them in the game. So everybody from writers, directors, actors, musicians. Um, I did the head uh, animating director from Spider-Man Spider-Verse. He just did my last bonus episode. Crazy. Yeah, I do. Everything. I saw that. That was cool. It writes. He changed the game of animation, I think. Mm -hmm. And I think he's gonna win an Oscar. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. And I grew up watching Spider-Man. Yeah, really unbelievable. So yeah, so that's all the places you can find me. The show's at that one audition on all social media outlets as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for adjusting the time. Too. Oh, I, absolutely. Sometimes when I get stuck in research land, I'm like, oh my God, it four hours went by. How did that happen? I totally get it. I looked at the clock and it was two o'clock. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm late for my appointment. I thought it was like 10. So it happens. <laughs> it totally happens. I well, I hope, I hope you have a wonderful week and a wonderful day and, and uh, we'll touch base and I'll stay in contact with you on Insta. Check out yes. all the cool things you're send doing. Send me all the links when this is ready and I'll send it out as well. I will, absolutely. We'll, we'll send you the audio and video just in case you want it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we can do some editing. We'll do some editing. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Well, have a wonderful day. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Bye. Bye-bye.